Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered, the podcast that covers anything and everything to do with insurance. Coming up in this episode. So the greatest opportunity in my little world of InsurTech is for what we call technology-enabled MGAs. The money is being made by those who insert themselves between the distributor and the insurer. You know, Zego in the UK now, that's our first unicorn. That's, this is exactly what they did. It's a big, big opportunity for InsurTech. I don't think it's anything bigger. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner of the law firm RPC. And in each episode, I'm joined by a guest and we discuss an aspect of the wonderful world of insurance. And this week we have Robin Mertens and we'll be discussing embedded insurance. Robin's career has had two main themes, which have twisted together like the double helix of a strand of DNA. First, there's insurance, which included a 12-year stint at Heath Lambert. And second, there is technology, with a focus, for at least some of the time, on electronic trading. In 2015, these two themes reached their apotheosis when he co-founded InsTech London, an organisation that identifies and promotes the use of the best technology, data and analytics within insurance. Instech regularly publishes reports on cutting-edge topics, and it has recently released one on embedded insurance, which is what we're going to discuss today. So, Robin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Well, and thank you for having me. You, you seem to have spent most of your career uh, in insurance or in insure tech, but how did you end up in insurance in the first place? It's always a good question, this, because nobody ever goes into insurance by design. And, and um, fittingly enough, I started lots of, as a lawyer, uh, and qualified and within quite a short time realized it wasn't for me um, and and thought that my best way to extract myself from the legal profession was to find an in-house legal job where I could kind of extract myself into management. And there was one in, in an insurance broker in the city. Uh, it was called Lowndes Lambert at the time. And um, they were setting up a legal department. So I took the job. Uh, and and I was the sort of first lawyer they'd ever had, and I had quite a lot of fun, if I'm honest. And, I, you know, it's insurance from there on in. In the introduction, I mentioned that you uh, co-founded Instech London uh, in 2015. So before we get on to the topic of embedded insurance, could you tell us a bit more about uh, Instech and what, what it is and what it does? I mean, I, it was founded slightly by accident. So, so as you've identified, I spent half my career in insurance. So I had sort of insurance network. And then I'd spent, in, in 2000, I went off and did a startup, which was a sort of itch that I'd, I'd wanted to scratch for a long time, uh, dot-com startup. So I then spent 12 years in a, in a technology, insurance technology world, sold that business, didn't make any money, knew I couldn't go back to corporate life, didn't really know what to do. But I had this notion that I knew a lot of investors, I knew a lot of insurance people, I knew a lot of technology people, that there was some sort of nexus between those that may or may not have value. And I set up a meetup group called Instech London and sent a lot of emails out saying, does anyone want to join my club? And within, really within a year, I had something like 2,000 members. Uh, so I, I knew I had something and then I had to work out how to monetize it. And as you say, you, you produce these kind of brilliant reports and obviously the, the podcast, but the most recent report that you've issued is on embedded insurance. So let's start at the very beginning. Could you talk us through one or two examples of uh, embedded insurance so that we can get a grasp on, on, on what it is, what it does, and how it's different from, from other similar types of insurance? Um, the, the excitement about embedded 
comes from the fact that uh, technology and data is going to enable us to sell the right piece of insurance, the right insurance product at the right time. Uh, and if I give examples of, of how that's working in practice, one would be invoice financing. So the exact point now in which you produce, say, an invoice on your Zero or Sage accounting system, you can now get pinged to say, would you like to insure that invoice? And you say, yes, please. And it'll give you a price on the spot and you can, and you can get a per invoice credit insurance on the spot in a way that you simply couldn't before you'd have to buy a, a, you know, an annual portfolio type approach. And the, the, the one where it's being used the most and where it's got the most traction is in, is in what we call mobility. So, so usage-based mobility. Every time an Uber driver goes out and turns on his app to get jobs on Uber, he will be insured in an embedded way. So the insurance is embedded in the back. It knows exactly who he is. It knows exactly what journeys he takes. And it provides him insurance embedded into his app. Another good example would be Gadgets and, and jewellery. So there's a company called Wacam in France, which has a nice wedding ring product. So when you buy your wedding ring, it asks you whether you want to insure it against theft. It, it knows and understands what, what ring you've taken. Uh, if you buy the insurance and, and you provide a police report, they will replace it with a complete replica of what you, of what you had. That's embedded in, into, the, into the purchase journey when you get your wedding ring. I read in your report that it was a... Yeah, it's like joint insurance with that yes. kind of, you know, so, so you're, you're buying something or hiring something or producing something. And there's that, do you want insurance with that, that, that additional question that immediately goes with it. So um, I'm sure embedded insurance has some very fancy kind of definition, but uh, in essence, then by the sounds of it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's insurance that tags on to something else. Yes. Now, we're all using embedded in the sense that um, you have taken some technology as an insurer, you put it in the hands of somebody else and they are your distributor and they are able to use their distribution capability to, 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 to sell your insurance for you as part of their journey. That's how I see it. What was it that provoked you to, to do the report in the first place? You said there's excitement about it, but what, what there must have been something which provoked the report itself. Well, Intertech London sort of built up over the last few years. So we, we now have, you know, eight, soon to be nine employees. And, and one thing we do is ring all our members once a month. Uh, we talk to a lot of new prospects who are interested in joining or who we are interested in talking to. And, and we use those to, to do what I call intelligence gathering. You know, who's doing what, what's hot in terms of themes. Uh, and we picked up two or three months ago that Embedded was what everybody wanted to talk about. And, and what sort of, you provided three examples of, of insurance, but what, but presumably not all forms of insurance will, will fit this model. So what, what sort of product is it that, that is, is suitable for embedding? I think from outside the industry, you tend to think, oh, it's easy. This is the future of insurance. But we're a very well-regulated business. So only some kinds will be capable of sort of navigating through uh, a customer journey and the regulatory requirements. And I think by its nature, that means it has to be simple. So there's no question in embedded insurance of there being quoting journey, for instance. You, don't, you know, you don't go off and get one of three quotes. So it has to be sort of auto-priceable, which means it's, it's simple. And, and I think, it, you know, back to the illusion we made earlier, you've probably got to have sufficient data 
in someone else's customer journey and pre-existing data because you have an app to be able to price it automatically. But by its nature, it has to be simple. And I think that it falls down to if the claim process is not simple. So the attraction of this, particularly to digital natives, is it's incredibly easy to buy. But it won't sustain for long if, having bought it easily, when you try and make a claim, you're six and a half months into a process and, and the insurers you know, turn you down because it has to be kind of loss-adjusted in an old-fashioned way. So the claim has to be almost, as, or the ability to claim has to be almost as simple as the journey itself. Interestingly, two or three episodes um, ago, we spoke with Rose Gosinger, who, do, who does uh, agricultural insurance, micro-insurance in Africa. Um, and she was saying that she... The, the way they sell it to the farmers is they, they attach it to seed sales or they attach it to when the farmers are asking for credit, then the insurance attaches to the credit. Um, and that would be an example of embedded insurance as well, wouldn't it? That, 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 that sort of approach where, where the insurance tags on to something else. I think the greatest level of excitement in embedded comes from those sort of possibilities. So you can't really talk about embedded without talking about China, where, where it has already taken off uh, and, and companies uh, like Ping An are specialists in this and have, uh, have astonishing valuations. And what they bought into the net were, you know, 50 million Chinese who never bought insurance before. And by providing them something very simple that they could buy, that they could, you know, very simple form of health cover or something. You, you, and, uh, and you can see it happening now in the developing world, particularly Africa with farmers, it, 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 it's attached to something else and you get insured. And, you know, from an insurer point of view, from the industry's point of view, still struggling to work out how to make money with these things because they have to have an absolutely massive scale. But uh, one would hope that with the ESG agenda and, and, and the sort of influence of the, of the millennials, people would actually care about putting the world to right as well as making money in the next 10 or 20 years. And, and I can't think of a better way in which insurance could play a part using, using those sort of techniques. In relation to that particular type of insurance that Pula provide, you talked about the fact there has to be an easy claims process as well. And, and the money for, for that is paid out on a, on a parametric basis. So, you know, an event happens, the payment is automatically triggered. And presumably, parametric is almost designed for this type of insurance. It, 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 it fits perfectly with it. Yes. I mean, parametric for, for, for um, this sort of thing is near perfect. And, and you ask me with the right kind of product. Well, if you can have a simple customer journey in the parametric payment, that's your, that's your you know, absolute core target. Yeah, but let's go back a little bit. In essence, you have a consumer, and by and large, it will be a consumer of one description or another. So let's call them party A, and they're purchasing a product or hiring something or producing something from party B. The product or what they're hiring or what they're producing has this embedded insurance. So party A becomes the insured, and party B is not the insurer, by and large, but becomes the distributor of, of insurance. And presumably, Party B takes a cut at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to think that this is one of those rare uh, disruptive models where everyone's a winner. And we'll come in a minute to talk about what it means to consumers. But if I'm right that the consumers will like it, that you give them the right thing at the right time, they win. Distributors get a chance of making money. So... I think John Lewis has gone public to say, 
they would within a decade expect to make 40% of their profits or income from selling financial services. And they, they like it because they make money. I mean, they make money on a very low cost base. I mean, everyone else is doing the work. They're, they're providing possibly data, but certainly a customer base. Yeah. So we, we have party A, the insured consumer, party B, the distributor. Um, but obviously, it's the distributor doesn't actually take on the risk. They just effectively, the, the insurance is distributed through them. So at the end of the, the, the chain, you have the, the, the insurer itself. Although presumably, is that how it always is? Or, or are there MGAs that fit in between the insurer and the distributor? Spot on. Most insurers, and that's not a, this is not a UK phenomenon, it's a developed world phenomenon, are sitting on legacy technology that's 20 to 30 years old, and they haven't got the tech. So the greatest opportunity in my little world of insurtech is for what we call technology-enabled MGAs. The money is being made by those who insert themselves between the distributor and the insurer. You know, Zego in the UK now, that's our first unicorn. That, that's, this is exactly what they did. They, they've stuck themselves between um, a couple of insurers and reinsurers who support them and Uber and Deliveroo and, and lots of people who are searching for, I don't know, e-scooter insurance, which, which needs to be embedded. Uh, but it's a big, big opportunity for InsurTech. I, I don't think there's anything bigger. So those technology-enabled MGAs are crucial to this and it's a massive opportunity for them and I don't think insurers can do it without them. You mentioned e-scooters there so it may be sensible just to spend a, a minute or two talking about that as as an example because that's that's a, a good example of embedded insurance isn't it where you know if you pick up a I, I've never done it personally I'm far too old and would risk life and limb doing it but um, presumably if you take one of these e-scooters effectively you have to sign up to higher terms through an app, presumably. Yes. Um, and and what you're saying is that the insurance comes automatically with that. That's exactly what I'm saying. And, and, and for, so for a while, you didn't have to be insured. Now they're third party, you know, traffic act or whatever it happens to be. You can't ride them unless you're insured. So you have to have insurance. And for a while, people were going, show me you're insured. But the obvious way to do it was to embed a form of insurance at the point of sale which you either paid a pound for, say, or better still the model is, instead of charging you one pound for the, for the e-scooter, charge you two pounds and, and, and include insurance in it. Uh, and the prevailing model is, is the second one. Effectively, agree with the insurer what the cost on a, on a per hire will be, embed it into the price of, of hiring the scooter and, and away you go. Nobody knows, because it's such a young risk, what the true price of the risk is. So you have to start at some point. You have to make up a number. You say it's a pound. Um, and, and they won't know for another two or three years. And the traditional industry turns around and goes, oh, how can they possibly write that? You know, they haven't got 10 years of historical data. Well, well, because, because they are innovators and they're disrupting and you have to start somewhere. That leads us quite neatly on to kind of what the consumer wants in this situation, because... For, for, for e-scooters, it's very obvious why a consumer, someone using an e-scooter, would want insurance. But there's also an obvious danger, which is they, they may be being charged far, far too much for, for that insurance. So how are consumers protected? Uh, obviously, you've already mentioned that insurance is a highly regulated uh, industry, but we still have this the spectre of uh, payment protection insurance and the missing scandal of that hanging over us. So, so how are consumers protected in all of this? So, so I think Embedded will stand or fail as a product on getting the right balance between 
providing a low-touch consumer journey and making sure that you tick all the legal and regulatory boxes. And, 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 and whether or not you can do that, we talked about simple products earlier, that is the key because nothing in Embedded exempts you in any way from all of the existing legal compliance regulatory requirements. So every single person who does it will have to satisfy themselves on KYC, you know, which is easy enough. It just happens in the background and you can do your check as you go. There are rules around suitability and insurance. So you have to provide a product which is suitable for the particular requirements of that customer at that time, and you have to price fairly now. The customer journey can deal with most of those, except for the suitability. Hence this point I, I made earlier, there has to be a really close tie between what you're doing and the insurance that you're, you're getting. The moment you are detaching those, I mean, the whole point about PPI, which has become the kind of natural defense of the traditionalist, oh, this is another PPI, is that it wasn't something that we wanted. You know, and, and we were boarding it sort of reasonably unwittingly. So th- this, this relevance point will be huge. You know, it has to link to the core transaction in a really tight way. You mentioned the, uh, the, the wedding ring um, yeah. example earlier on, which I thought was, which I, was in your report and I thought was also a very good example. So where are you buying a wedding ring? You'd normally buy the wedding ring in the shop, wouldn't you? And I was just thinking... At what point is the insurance mentioned? And is there an easy way for the consumer to say, actually, no, I don't want that insurance. I don't need it. I think there are, I think there are three kinds. The, the, the e-scooter we just talked about, in the end, the e-scooter provider eats the cost for you and you buy it anyway, embedded, and the cost is passed on to you. The second, it's embedded in the journey. And the equation which every customer is making is, one, do I want this or not? And then two, is this a fair price in their own, you know, in their own heads? And I think if this works well, and this is still early days, the cost of provision compared to the cost of provision, the way the insurance industry does it right now, is so low because it's so totally enabled by the technology and by the data that you have, that you ought to be able to provide it at fundamentally cheaper than you are through traditional routes. So, so I think there's a trade-off between going off to get three quotes, you know, getting onto an aggregation site, and between the belief that embedded should be so efficient that, that it's just naturally going to be cheaper. Who who knows? Who knows? But but I mean that's the you know that's that's the attraction of it. Moving on to insurers themselves, you've already talked about the the, the difference between traditional insurance and, and the fact that this is a huge opportunity for insure techs. What are the ingredients for successful embedded insurance? I, I named um, three in the report. Um, I think you have to have a good source of distribution. It's obvious. Uh, what's proving best source of distribution right now? Banks, for particularly challenger banks, really fertile sort of distribution. They're anxious to sell you a lot more than pure banking services. E-commerce, huge source of distribution and as I said mobility so a good a good distributor invariably they are providing a digital journey for you to embed into if you're not providing a digital journey you're probably not a good distributor then you have to have the right tech back to technology enabled MGAs and again those people who are taking the technology bit and then you've identified it very early on you have to have the right product this is only going to work for the right kinds of products and I think this is a this is a mashup between simple products, 
sitting on the right technology and then, and then offered up by the by the right distributors and, and, and in the right way. I mean, I I've, I always make this point that that why would a consumer not want what genuinely is the right product made incredibly easy to buy, uh, you know, at a fair price at the exact time where they have to contemplate whether or not they should protect themselves against a particular risk. You know, it's a very attractive in its sort of thesis. And it's also a very sp- a specific risk as well, isn't it? So in that sense, it's personalised to, you know, where an individual is at an individual moment in time on, on an individual purchase or hire or, or whatever, as opposed to the traditional model is where you, you buy annual policies that cover a whole host of things, many of which you may never, you just may not need, let alone ever use. In, and that, that raises one of the issues, which I, you know, which I think is is still to be thought through properly because you're exactly right. You're you're effectively unbundling what we're offered right now, which is a broad product which we buy annually, and and you're being offered tiny bits of that at the exact moment which you might like, you know, you wanted. But that raises a potential, you know, bit of complexity, which is once you've bought lots of those, what have you not insured that you should have insured? You know, have you have you created something? Have you? Sold one problem and created another because you've now got a slightly complex risk environment. But but I think that's a perfectly valid line of inquiry. You know, have we made it a lot more complicated now? Or, or, or indeed, are, are we ending up insuring everything twice? Kind of the, because, because our, our generic policies actually do cover it secretly down there somewhere in the in the small print, uh, and, and we end up buying separate insurance in many respects for the same thing. So no, I think you're right. No, I, I I think that. There may well be some learning to, to to do as a result of what you know what what we're about to do here, because uh, these these are very early days, and and I think there's still consumer related issues which may have to play through. I can see that yeah, you know, I can see there's a huge potential for for growth here. So I mean, what, what are the predictions for the market? Well, um, the the one we use in the report, which is the only the only person who's done any serious analysis on this, is is a guy called Simon Torrance, who comes out of the embedded finance world, and 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 he quite naturally identified insurance as the as the next frontier. He would say twenty thirty um, a potential market size of seven hundred billion dollars premium, growth written premium. The the other area where there's going to be massive massive growth you've already identified is is developing world, China developing world. Less tough regulatory environment and unbelievable millions of people completely unserved. Well, absolutely. And actually kind of thinking it through that, that that's the perfect environment for this kind of you know, small insurance for specific needs. Because in, you know, in, the, in the UK, where we both are, we're already very well insured kind of by one means or another. And therefore, the, the danger of embedded insurance for us is that we buy insurance unnecessarily because we're already insured for it by some other means. But as you say, in the developing world, where the vast majority of people may be completely uninsured in any context whatsoever, then this small additional insurance can only be a good thing, provided that it's priced correctly and it is a relevant insurance product for the person where they are. There's a very good example of the Indian subcontinent and funeral insurance. So, so when you die, everyone has in your family that has, you know, has this important 
sense of you know the value of your life and, and giving you a big send-off and and that if when you're very poor that costs a lot of money and 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 you don't have a lot of money so uh and we're talking now about you know total costs of 100 pounds and you know from a provider of insurance point of view funeral insurance 100 pounds is the payout you know what's the premium going to be well you know what on a monthly basis it's a pence it's two pence it's three pence so, so how do you ever, you know, make that work uh, at scale? And, 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 and the answer is it's, it's difficult, but you, have to, you always have to work with the mobile phone providers. You know, and, and, and this is where Embedded's going. You know, these, these people who have immense amounts of reach, who can deal with the taking of 5p, 10p, 20p off you every month, who already have that infrastructure in place, can start to offer up products and, and take those few pence from you. And actually, over time... You know, the insurance for, for one of the telephone providers in India, the, the funeral insurance became um, a loyalty scheme. If you stay with us for five years or stay with us for 10 years, we'll give you free funeral insurance. You know, so those sort of things become possible only if you've got the infrastructure in, in place. And, and mobile phones are everything from that point of view. Brilliant. Well, if people want to know more about embedded insurance, where can they find your report? Well, everything should be, at, well, it is at www.instech.london. There's plenty more on our website. This is the fourth or fifth report that we've done. But um, this is our new baby, and it's free. Uh, anyone, welcome. Um, I think it runs to 59 pages. Yeah, it was like delivering my essays on time. <laughs> but did you deliver your essays on no, time? No, I didn't. No, everyone said to me, how, how come you're doing it now? Well, because I've, I've you know, I was slightly more disciplined than I was when I was 21. <laughs> and uh, you've also done a podcast on this on your own uh, Intertech podcast, which is very nearly the best insurance podcast out there. And uh, but you've done that with Simon Torrance, who's your co-author on on the report, haven't you? Absolutely right. For the purpose of this week, it's the you're right. This is the this is the this is by far the best podcast about embedded this week. Uh, ours, ours was the best last week. <laughs> Excellent. And f- finally, Robin, I always ask um, all, all my guests, uh, what, what one bit of advice, what one pearl of wisdom do you have uh, to someone who's thinking about kind of uh, entering the, the world of insurance? Two pearls, probably. The first is that insurance is far more exciting than everybody thinks. Actually, the understanding of risk, particularly in a world that's changing very fast, climate change, all that kind of stuff, and learning ways to protect is actually cool and it has a social purpose and an economic purpose uh, and we undersell it really badly but caveat if you're coming into it because you think it's full of lunches and people who have a good time and it's about you know quality of life don't because it's about to become as data driven and as technology driven and as scientific as as any other industry in these fast changing times Robin, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Insurance Covered. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. And please rate, review and share it. It really does help. Please also listen to another of our podcasts, Taxing Matters, which is hosted by my brilliant colleague, Alice Kemp. Insurance Covered is an RPC production, made possible by Joe Burgess and Mary Mitchell. If you want to be a guest on Insurance Covered, please email me at peter.mansfield at rpc.co.uk. Thank you and I hope you have a lovely day.